guys, welcome back to part two of Four Fiction Followers. So today I'm here with Alex, since yesterday we were here with Abby. Mm-hmm. So we're just gonna kind of continue our conversation from yesterday, but mainly kind of like focusing on chapter 10, like kind of going into chapter nine, but mainly staying on chapter 10. Because chapter 10 was a little longer than chapter nine. It was 40. Two pages or 46? 50, something. Yeah. It was long. But it was also like a momentous chapter. Like it did tell you a lot about what's going on, you know? Alright. So I say let's start with a couple questions from Sarah, our discussion leader. These are just gonna, we're gonna kind of keep going off of the questions that we were doing from yesterday. So the last thing we talked about was if we ever felt sorry for PK's mom. And me and Abby definitely said no. I would have to agree with you there, yeah. because like she's, she's like, I'm a Christian. You are not. Um, yeah. I don't like your nanny anymore because she's not Christian. So I banish her to another country. Right. Pretty much <laughs> that's what happens. We don't like mom. Yeah. All right. Grandpa's Next. grandpa's okay. Grandpa's okay. He doesn't really seem to be into yeah. it much. All right. Next question is, do you think that PK will become a successful boxer? I honestly believe he will. I don't think many people do, but I think he will because he's got, like, the serious determination. I mean, I know he's only, like, seven at this time, but I feel like he really talks about how much he wants to be it. Like, everything he does, he brings it back to boxing and how much he wants to be the welterweight championship champion of the world or whatever. I'm, I want to sort of agree with you, but I also don't like i think he could be a good boxer but i think other parts of his life are gonna get in his way like i think he's gonna become a genius and like study yeah multiple things and like he's already seven and knows the latin names for every like cacti plant which is kind of insane all right (laughs) and i mean like it really depends on which way pk wants to take his life because he can take it the smart route or the boxing route it just yeah. depends on his decisions. And... Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, I honestly believe that he will go the boxing route because of how much yeah. he talks about it and how much he really wants to be it. But, I mean, like, I guess, like, the level of smartness that he has, that's, like, more something to fall back on, you know? Yeah. For, like, if, it, like, boxing doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, like, it's a good thing to be smart during boxing, too. Because Cause head before the heart. And then you always bring it back to yeah. heart. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, so speaking of like the education thing and how PK's a genius, he learns how to play music and learns this love of music from Doc. Now is actually one of the things I wrote down since I was the bridge builder. Um, and I related it to myself because I connect very personal with music because um, it's my passion and I love to do it. And I thought it was really cool how PK got his love of music from Doc and how I got my love of music from, like, my parents and my friends and my directors. Nice, yeah. I mean, it does kind of show how the people around you do, like, (coughs) your life. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of things happen in PK's life, like, really come from the people that he, like, spends his time with. Like welterweight champion that comes from Hoppy and all the stuff that he's told him and like all these like yeah so ideas you know Doc is gonna be his educational role model Hoppy's gonna be his um 
boxing. Yeah, boxing the model. Words are hard. Yeah, they are. Okay. So I say let's go on to the next question. Yeah. Okay. Is camouflage the only way to survive? So, it does talk a lot about how PK uses his camouflage in order to blend in with people. Book Doc also said, let down your camouflage. Right. But, I mean, that's also a very hard thing to do because once you've grown up using this camouflage for so long, yeah. it is very hard to put it away. And it's hard to break a habit that you've had for so long. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's the only way to survive. It is one of the smarter ways to survive. Yeah. Blend in. Don't let anyone see you. But also, if you have the ability to be someone great that everyone like looks up to and respects, then that is definitely the other way to go. Because, like, when you have a good like, when you have good relationships, when you like have these abilities that can get you way further in life, then I'd say that you should go for those instead of hiding. Um, Can't remember if this is in chapter eleven or not. It's alright. So, our, speaking of camouflage, the African-American in the jail, I don't remember his name, mm-hmm. yep. but yeah, um, he uses camouflage every day and slowly works his way towards getting what he wants, and PK right. even says he even serves him at one point, which is kind of a big deal for a small child to be serving a african-american inmate which was not really accepted at the time and speaking of that um i actually found an article um on african on africans treatment during like world war ii time and it was actually really cool what i found because it gave me a ton of facts on um how many african-americans fought in the war for america and I thought it was really cool how it contradicted where other places they were um, not treated well. And like at the beginning of chapter 10 or somewhere in chapter 10, it was where the guards kicked and beat the one African Yeah, the guy who makes the coffee. Servant. Yeah, because yeah. he thought he ate the pastries, but it was really the general that ate the pastries. Right. Well, lieutenant, not general. Yeah. I, I kind of find that kind of insane, actually. I mean, like, we've grown up knowing that, like, everyone is equal, like, yeah. we know. But it's kind of, like, really weird that PK doesn't find this, like, disturbing. Like, that's just the way he's grown up, though. Yeah. Like, knowing that these people were, like, below him. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I just find that really disgusting. It's just the difference see. of, like, 80 years. 80 it is. Years. And it's also a difference of where you live. Yeah. difference of who you're around and, like, what part of a country you live in. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, also, it's actually kind of weird how this guy, the, the Giel guy, yeah, he, what does he say? He doesn't even want to get out of jail. He's like, I'm happy where I am. Like, I don't want to be anywhere yeah. else but here. Do you remember what he did to get into jail? I don't. I, it said I that he was in and out of jail for like 20 years since yeah. he was like 15 or something like that. Yeah. I think he's been in there for a while. I don't remember what he's done. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Let's find any questions. Sorry, I have to pull these up on my phone. Do you think Doc is a Nazi? Or is he more anti-Nazi? Doc is definitely not a Nazi. There's He's not no a Nazi. way he can be a Nazi. No. Um, because if he was a Nazi, he would be telling PK to hail Hitler. Sometimes. Right. I mean, like, not even, he doesn't even have to do that. He'd, like, yeah. treat people as his subordinates. He'd be, yeah. like, you know, he'd... 
be really cruel to people <clears throat> like the Felix guy or yeah. like the other like African American inmates. But if we do think back to the Holocaust I said we wrote a couple months ago, um, we did find some Nazis that were actually like beneficial to the Jews and helped right. them out. Well, Jews and other prosecuted people. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm saying it's not impossible, but the town yeah. is going to treat him like a Nazi because he's German. And right. German, quote unquote, all Germans are Nazis. Yeah. And I mean, from what we've heard about his background, about Doc's background, where he's like grew up doing music and stuff, and then like something happened, and then like he couldn't finish that performance. It doesn't really sound like he has anything to do with like Hitler or like his military background or anything like that. And that doesn't necessarily exempt him from like being a Nazi, but like that definitely like he says like definitely highlights him. It yeah. doesn't make him It doesn't make him look like he could ever be a Nazi. Yeah. So I mean like I personally don't see it, but who knows? He could be. Yeah. But he could also be a Nazi that like doesn't believe in what Hitler's doing, you know? Yeah, and speaking of Doc, um, this was actually my last connection. It was when Doc was telling PK um, how much he loves him mm-hmm. and he has to play the piano or else he loses him. And I feel like that actually happens quite a bit in our world today, sadly. Right. Um, because a lot of parents have to do things they really don't want to do, they have to do in order their children to survive basically mm-hmm. but and and it's because they love them and they don't want to lose them and i thought like that really highlighted doc's humanity on how he like couldn't really be a nazi yeah okay and what you just said there about like parents doing things for their kids in order to keep them that could also kind of like pertain to the mother as well yeah because like she's trying to be catholic she's trying to be good she's trying to be like the perfect suburban housewife so her family's like higher up in the status yeah. so she gets to keep pk she gets given nice things and stuff i mean i do believe that she honestly goes like the wrong direction of doing this yeah she goes a little too far she goes a l- way too far but at the same time i do understand that her intentions are good of trying to keep pk and trying yeah. to give him something good yeah which makes sense you know mm-hmm. yeah and so another question on the last little box on my page is <laughs> predict what will happen as the book continues. Right, that was Sarah's last question um, here too. So, what do you think is going to happen? Honestly, unfortunately, I think something's probably going to happen to Doc, and that he's not going to be able to like, stay around forever. Like, something's going to happen in the prison, or he's going to be like deported back to like Victoria or something like that. And something bad's going to happen. I believe that PK's probably going to still like keep fighting for like Doc and for Hoppy or something sure. like that. I think he'll keep fighting. He'll keep like building up like his, I don't know, like stamina or like I know strength. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. You um, know what I mean. I'm not good at words. Yeah. Um, one of the th- I thought I think I'm, I'm thinking a little bit the same as you, but I think it's gonna be more of a tragedy that happens to PK because mm-hmm. I think either Doc, his mom, or his grandpa is gonna pass away. And, like that would him emotionally and if, right. it's, if, it's, if it's his grandpa his mom will probably send him off somewhere so she can cope mm-hmm. if dog passed away PK will be sad all the time yeah and it's gonna be interesting I know something bad's gonna happen 
Yeah. I do hope his nanny comes back, though. Like, he's going to find a way to, like, get to his nanny. Like, yeah. get the nanny and back he did right. send that letter. He did send the letter, so maybe was she it might. in this section that he yeah, sent the letter? I, yeah, it was. Yeah, with his um, 10 shillings, he yeah. sent the letter to nanny. Yeah, maybe he, nanny might use it to, like, get back to him and, like, take a train back and, like, try and mm-hmm. see if he can. I don't know, that could just be wishful thinking, but I do hope that, like, she comes back. I think it's wishful thinking because the mom wouldn't allow it when she saw Nana, she'd probably freak out. Right? Just a little bit. Just a little, (laughs) yeah. Alright, well, that is about all we've got for today, and all the time we have, because of part one. So, thank you all for listening. We will see you again in our next podcast. Bye! Welcome back to episode two of the four fiction followers. Today there's only two of us because we have two of our co-anchors uh, are running laps around a track. Go track! Taylor boring, yeah, but that's horrible. okay. Um, I'm here. I'm Abby. I'm here today uh, for part one of the podcast. I'll be gone tomorrow for part two. And my opinions today, but yeah. Um, I'm Delaney. I will be here today and tomorrow, so I'll kind of be like talking us through the podcast, kind of. So today we've decided that we mainly really want to talk about chapters like 8 and 9, and tomorrow we'll go more in depth with chapter 10. So each day is going to be about 12 to 13 minutes long, so we have a total of about 25 minutes. Uh, I was the artist for my assigned role, and I was addiction detective, so yeah. Um, our lovely discussion leader, Sarah, has sent us some of her questions to discuss, so we'll kind of go off those and give our opinions, and tomorrow she'll, they'll add their opinions as well. Yes. So, yeah. Alright, our first question is, can you have pride and courage without the other? If so, which is more important? I honestly believe that you can have them separately. Because you don't necessarily need to have pride in order to have courage. Like, you can have courage to go do something. You don't necessarily need to have pride to do so. For sure. I believe that courage is more important. Yep, same thing here. I think being courageous and being able to try new things and push yourself is very important in in your daily life. And can really lead you to, you know, having new opportunities, um, meeting new people, things like that. Yeah, I honestly believe that courage is going to get you farther in life. While maybe pride would hold you back from certain experiences that may not sound as like appealing to you, but they definitely will get you something else that you really want. For sure. So yeah. And I think, you know, PK is a great example of having courage. I mean, granted, PK does have some pride in him, but being courageous and, you know, dealing with his um, bullies in his school and then going on that train and meeting Hoppy and meeting new people and kind of being open to, you know, going out on an adventure. Yeah. And I think he kind of grew up, especially since he was, like, without his, like, mom and dad and everything like that. And then he was sent to boarding school. He doesn't really know much about pride of someone saying to him, like, keep your chin up, you know, like, you're better than this. Because, like, he didn't really know that. He didn't even know that it was wrong for him to get bullied like that every day during camp. So I don't think he really even grew up with pride. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Our next question is, which mentor do you think is the most beneficial to PK? Doc, Nanny. Grandpa Chook or Hoppy? Abby, what do you think? Um, I think 
I think it'd be Doc, only because Doc gave him a lot of new opportunities and kind of showed him the ways around his home and kind of explained to him like how like things work and how life goes on. Now, granted, Doc has some flaws. I mean, obviously, he's an alcoholic, and that's not a good not a good like uh, yeah. mentor for someone being an alcoholic. But I think he knows that when Piggy's around, he doesn't drink or he you know he tries to act as um, most manners he can and so that kind of shows him that like you're gonna have difficulties throughout your life but you have to just keep pushing and keep moving forward i also think i mean like i don't know if he's like as much of a mentor but hoppy was a good mentor because he kind of gave um pk this goal of being the welterweight championship of the world which i mean that's a big goal for like a seven-year-old kid which i mean that is something that you need to like build up to but it is also something that, like, it really does give him something to, like, look forward to, something to work for. And it gives him, like, the kind of worth of ethic that he needs in order to go further in life. And, you know, speaking about mentors and Doc, for my artist piece, I drew a kind of a collage of icons that kind of represent Doc and all he did for PK. And so in my picture here, I have um, a picture of a camera and because it shows that when, P- when Doc first met PK, he took a picture of PK and I had a whiskey bottle because Doc is an alcoholic and kind of shows it and you know, he, faced a, he faced a difficulty with PK. And then I also have a piano because Doc taught PK how to play piano, a cactus because Doc has a cactus garden where they kind of play and they have a good time there. And then I have a backpack because Doc carries his backpack around with him, you know, whenever he goes places. And, you know, any opinions on this? Yeah. I think also the piano kind of symbolizes um, PK's ability to be able to, like, balance the sort of things that he's learned. Because it kind of shows, like, when he's, like, learning how to box and stuff. Or, like, when he's, like, starting out of them saying, like, okay, you can box. Like, Doc always says to, like, box like you're playing Mozart kind of thing. Like, I don't know if anyone remembers that. That could be later in the book, because I kind of read ahead. Oops, sorry, guys. But it's, like, something... I think it kind of also symbolizes something that, like, is, like, a softer side to PK. Like, something else to almost, like, fall back on, I guess. If, like, welterweight championship doesn't work out. Like, he's always got this, like, musical side to him that'll always work out. Yeah. And I'll mention, you know, being able to learn the piano is... It's a skill. I mean, it takes time, and it takes effort. And I think it shows that uh, PK is has the ability to learn and is uh, wants to learn and he enjoys learning things and you know growing his intelligence yeah um also the whiskey bottle they also didn't they have them like in the ground that like leads the path yes yeah so i think also this in could the cactus be, garden yeah in the cactus garden which this could be me just reading into it but like this could kind of symbolize the fact that like hardships do line the path to like what you want most in life for sure so for i sure. mean like whiskey shows like the alcoholism of doc but it also leads to path the path to the thing that he loves the most which is his cactuses and like where he lives where he works things like that right yeah that's definitely all right well very good drawing abby i think that's actually really cool how you had like multiple pictures in there i like it a lot thanks okay so our next question from sarah is do you ever feel sorry for pk's mom when she's crying well, uh, I think there's a, there's a, um, like a womanly instinct to feel sympathy for a mom because, I mean, granted, I'm 16, so I'm not a mom yet, but I think, um, I eventually want to have children. I think, you know, raising a child is hard and having a family is, is a challenge and she 
does face struggles with her mental health, but I think also um, she's not doing much to better herself, and she was never really there for PK, and it's really hard for a walkout parent. Right. And then, okay, I don't know if this is like the same for you, but whenever she talks about her faith and stuff, is that just really weird to you? Yes. Like, I know we're like Catholic and stuff, and we're supposed to like believe on all that stuff, and like, she totally do, but she's like real into she's it. Re- she reminds me of Betty's mom from Riverdale. You know how Betty's yes. mom's like, all, like, like in the, the farm. Cold. The farm. Yes. But it's, it's kind of freaky, like, like, I'm alive. And I think that's honestly what that church is supposed to symbolize like, people living their lives, like, away from everyone else, and yeah. like, it's, it's weird. And honestly, I don't know if we can really say this, but I don't think that that's what God wants for us, you know, to live a life where we're like so strict like that yeah. and don't go out and have fun yeah. with everyone else. Right. Which I don't know if that, every time she kind of like talks about that, I'm just kind of like, it's oh also just kind of odd again. because, I mean, yeah. she talks about this faith with PK, but PK never really grew up around grew up right. with the faith. And so I mean, you can't just spring upon a five year old boy that. Right. Also, at like the same time, like, PK has no idea who the Lord is, and she doesn't really take time to explain to him, like, God's the creator of all things, like, the Lord is here to help you and to love you. She just kind of says, follow the Lord, don't do bad things, don't party, don't dance, because that's, yeah. like, the devil's work and stuff, I which mean, is very extreme. He's like, so young. I mean, like, yes, he's so young to we, do that. I'm, I am 100% confident that every person in this school, in this Catholic school, who is Catholic has, you know gone out and played with their friends or has gone to a homecoming dance and it's not yeah. you know or even mom's... has like sit peacefully through like another like religion like sermon or something right. like that like i've right. gone to like a jewish like bar mitzvah and stuff yes. and i haven't gotten up and walked out and said this is not what god wants no, it's it's she's keeping her her you know i mean obviously her religion is born to her which is great for her but just keeping her mind so like she's so narrow-minded that she yeah refuses to branch out and see what the world has to offer because I mean it's a big world you like, know she doesn't really allow PK to see like so much culture like he could like see so many different religions he can make the choice for himself if sure. he wants to be religious sure. or what religion but she doesn't give him the chance to she just says no you can't do this you can't do that don't listen to the bore people don't like don't do any of this stuff and it's kind of it's really sad actually because like yeah. she wants PK to learn the piano but she doesn't believe in going to concerts it's which is kind of confusing to me, honestly. She's very um, hypocritical, A. And B, not to mention, she wasn't there for him for so long. She has really has no right, right. to just kind of be like, God says this, I say this, I follow God, so you can't do this, this, or this, because, you yeah. know, I wasn't there for you for so many years. But now that, you know, you're in my care, in quotation marks, I guess, that, you know, I'm going right. to control your life. Like, how about the parent is. And then what she did to Nanny by saying, if you don't take off your bracelets, you're a demon worshiper, I'm going to send you back to Zulu. Yeah. Like, I did not like that at all. I thought that was Especially because, horrible. you know, the nanny took care of him for so long right. because she was an absentee parent. Yeah. She had no right to And do that. that's, like, so hard on PK, too, because that's, like, the lady that he grew up with. That's the only person he really knows other than his grandpa, and his mom wasn't sure. around enough. So that kind of leads into one of the phrases that I found on page 142. PK says, As I sat on the rock high on the hill, as the sun set, began to set behind me, I grew up just like that. And that was after he had found out that his mom sent away, like, nanny, and all this stuff had happened. He was forced to move, and Hoppy just left him, and things like that. So I think this, like, phrase is supposed to show how all, like, the painful and horrible things that's happened to PK so far in his, like, very young life has, like, almost hardened him to the point of, like, not being able to, like, really feel fully his emotions. Right. And I don't know about anyone else, but I can, like, understand that. And that's, like, a horrible thing for a little child to go through, you know? for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's... 
it's almost like one of those things where he he's he's grown up his whole life where he his mom was kind of always just sad and depressed. His nanny was the one who was caring for him, who was giving him like the tender loving care that you know a mother should be giving to their, their child. His dad was just always absentee. And he went off to boarding school, never saw his mom, never saw anyone while he was there, was, you know, brutally assaulted while he was there, both verbally, physically, and emotionally. And now he's come back to see his family, and, you know, his, this guy introduced back to him has, has left because of the army. He, his mom is, like, mentally insane at this point because she's so caught up in her faith and her religion. Her grandpa is just, he's old and he's not going to live forever. And then he's gone, he's basically just lost everyone in his life that had any sentiment to him at all, sentiment to him at all, and I think it kind of takes away his youthfulness and his, his innocence, and he's kind of seen like this world is not corrupt, but this world is just full of danger bad and bad things that yeah. happen. And it's, it's insane. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of stuff to, for a little kid to go through, you know. Like he's so young. Yeah, he's literally only like six years old. How <laughs> yeah. can you imagine coming home in your six from boarding school where you get like right. tortured, right? And then your right. mom be like. I worship God, and I'm so extreme, but guess what? Your nanny was a demon worshiper. <laughs> um, your grandma's dead. Your grandpa's, like... Old, almost dead. And your grandpa's in the back smoking tobacco and, like, planting <laughs> some roses. And now I'm not going to let you do anything yeah. that you would have normally ever done before. Like, and I came up from kindergarten, and I watched, like, Arthur on TV and, yeah. like, ate fruit snacks and, like, right. played puzzles with my grandpa. And now I'm like, oh. Yeah, exactly. I came home day. with my babysitter every day, and we'd, like, eat some ice cream and watch TV and stuff, it's, you know, like, oh, that's crazy. I didn't ride a train, go see a massive fight, and yeah, come right? home and be like, like the six-year-old's oh, done more than I have in 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> and he's experienced, experienced more, which I mean, like, that shows a lot to say, like, people from different places in the world, you know, they yeah. experience a lot of different right. stuff. Like, us in Omaha, Nebraska, we did not experience as much as someone living in South Africa. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, he's six going in, like, 26 at this point because yeah. he has had to grow up because of the things he's faced. I mean, right. I mean, even myself, I don't think I could handle being tortured by people who are me. I would, I would probably like mentally break down, physically break yeah. down, just like give I'd up. Probably like just like and go comatose. I mean, he he's doing this. He's going on a train by himself. Yeah, I mean like. Nefro just dropped them off. Well, it's like, yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, even just like the youngest I've ever seen that go on a plane by themselves is like nine, nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and they've got like the stewardess next to them the entire time, right? And they're and on a plane, you know, like it's sitting a lot, in their seat. It's a lot quicker than a train would be, you know. Yes, there's no stops on a plane. Well, I mean, there are, but like not major ones. Right. Like it's, it's two days. It's insane. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so that's really all the time we have for today since we have to unfortunately split this in half because <laughs> Alex and Sarah decided not to show up to school today. So, thank you, Abby, so much for coming today. And we will talk later tomorrow. See you guys. Bye.